Hello and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Brothers and sisters, let's give another round of encouragement to those who made a decision. What an amazing thing to see uh, in our time today. Did anybody get choked up watching that video? Yeah. God is so good. I feel like the Holy Spirit's prompting us to just dwell in him just for a moment here in this time that we have together. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for the gift of life for washing away our sins with your precious blood that you shed for us on the cross. For having a vision for our lives that's not us just running alone, but you being a part of us, you uh, dwelling in our hearts, you bringing us from death to life. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that it was you who put in the work and all we had to do was receive. And we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for adopting us, for caring for us, for loving us, and for giving us. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you give God at least one minute of all your praise today in this room? (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, brothers and sisters, um, I want to first thank leadership team and of course uh, pastor bobby for allowing me to speak here today it's an honor and a privilege all the time to be here with all of y'all and i just uh, have a great time always serving journey church from either worship leading or or coming here and teaching it's just such an awesome time so right now uh, we're going to continue on in our study of the Return to Me series, the green book that you've been studying by yourself or with your uh, Bible study leaders. Has uh, anyone been super blessed reading this book? Can I get an amen? Right? It's so awesome. Um, uh, And can we also give another round of encouragement for all of our Bible study leaders as well who's leading? taking out the time just to lead us in all of that. It's not easy to prepare a study. Trust me, it's, it's difficult. Uh, but I just want to just um, encourage all those who are leading it. Um, that's exactly where God wants you to be. That's what God wants you to do. And, and it's better to be in God's plan than you just doing asking God what to do or, or just telling God what to do. But for those who are doing what God is telling you to do, that is a position of being blessed. And um, I encourage all of you guys who are joining in a community group or anything like that, if some of you, if God is pulling your heart and go, oh, I want to lead Bible study too one day. I want to lead Bible study too. That's not a random feeling. I pray that you would go to Brother Rob and the leadership team and said, how can I prepare for this? Everyone say prepare. Yes, because you do need to prepare for it. And um, any call to ministry is also a call to preparation. So, brothers and sisters, let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians 4. And we'll start from verse 11. Ephesians 4, verse 11. In the New Testament, 
Ephesians 4, verse 11. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're there, say, God is good. If you're there, say, all the time. And if you're there, say, God is good. All right, let us stand for the reading of the word of God. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Ephesians 4, verse 11, I'll be reading from the NIV. Verse 11 says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray one more time. Lord Jesus, open up our hearts, open up our ears. Father God, there's a thousand things that we want to hear, but today, Lord Jesus, give us what we need. We pray, Lord God, that your word and your Holy Spirit would transform us from the inside out, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. One of the most important parts of this Return to Me series, especially in week five, week week six, and week seven, is this concept of the kingdom. How, How many of you have ever been to church before and heard the word kingdom? Raise your hand. Right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? We, we heard this word kingdom so many times. And we've heard uh, Jesus being proclaimed as king. And in order for us to actually understand what's going on in week seven, week six and week seven, we need a proper understanding of what the kingdom of God, what that word means, what that piece of doctrinal phrase actually means, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And sometimes when we think of kingdom, we start off with just, is this just a property or a territory or a realm or is it a people? The first thing we need to understand about the word kingdom in terms of our Christianity is that first and foremost, this is really important. It's not just the realm. It's not just the people. When we think about the kingdom of God, it's not just the realm, the place. It's not just the people. There's something we really need to understand as we read the Bible and we see this word kingdom. Everyone say kingdom. When we see the word kingdom, we must first understand that kingdom means the rule and reign and authority of God. Everyone say rule and reign. Right. This is so important. When we look at Jesus, we're going to celebrate Christmas in just a few weeks. Are you guys excited? Yeah, just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate Christmas. And in order for us to truly understand the whole reason why Jesus comes down to earth, goes into human flesh, and does everything that he does, we need to understand the kingdom, especially when we look at it in the rule, the reign, and authority of God. Now, what happened? What happened to the rule? the reign and the authority of God. We live in such a world right now where we don't see the rule and the reign authority of God. We see actually with our very eyes the rule and reign of evil people. We see the rule and reign of corruption and all these things around us. What happened 
And I know all of you guys are good Bible study students. Can I get an amen, please? Genesis 3, we see the fall of humankind. We see a transgression. We see a sin that Adam and Eve committed. And what happened was it created a separation between humankind and God. And when that happened, there was such a cosmic divide that mankind, humankind, was no longer under the rule and reign of God. They're under the rule and reign of Satan. And we see this in the Bible in Acts 26, verse 17 to 18. Sandra, can you put it up, please? Can everyone give a big round of applause for Sandy, please? She's so awesome. During the week, she texts me a billion times in the middle of turkey dinner. Hey, make sure you give the notes to me. Okay, okay, thank you. I got you, I got you. Acts 26, 17 to 18. If you don't believe me that we're under the rule and reign of Satan, of the evil one who truly oppresses us from the inside out, Acts 26, 17, 18 says, I will rescue you from your people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the what? From the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a share among those who are sanctified by faith. And Ephesians 2, we also see that we, humankind, were under the power, the dominion, the rule, and reign of Satan. And it says, Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 3, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So, yes, at first, we humankind was under the rule and reign of God, but sin separated us, and we became under the rule and reign of our flesh, the rule and reign of the devil, constantly serving him, serving ourselves, instead of serving our true king, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God just said, all right, I guess they want a new king, so we just let them be. Is that what Jesus did? No. Our King Jesus goes and gets his rule and reign back. Can I get an amen? He doesn't just sit on the throne and go, ah, oh, I feel so sorry for those guys. Ah, they're living a terrible life. Uh, let me just watch my Netflix. No. He is our good, great father. He is like, did you guys ever watch the movie Taken? And you see Liam Neeson, someone takes his daughter. And what does he go like? I'm going to find you. And I will do a Bible study with you. That's not what he says. That's not what he says. But you see this you see Jesus, who's looking at his people, who is being taken by the rule and reign of Satan, who's being bamboozled, who's being deceived, who Satan is saying, this is the life, man, just join me. But actually, they're dying on the inside generations. Jesus is not a king who just sits by and does nothing. He goes and takes what is his, just like Simba returning back. Do you guys remember Lion King? Right, Just like Simba returning back to his kingdom to take what belongs 
belongs to him. That's exactly what Jesus does. And he does that with a mission. He comes down and he wraps himself in human flesh. This is what Christmas is all about. It's about the kingdom. So he reestablishes his kingdom. He wraps himself in human flesh. He lives a perfect life that we as humans cannot live. And he dies a death that he did not deserve so that he can be sacrificed on behalf of our sins. Why did he go on this amazing mission? Because he loves us. Because he wants to reconcile us back to him. My brothers and sisters, what is the purpose of your life? The purpose of Pastor Tim's life is not to be a pastor. The purpose of Pastor Tim's Tim's life is not to buy a big house in Connecticut. The purpose of Pastor Tim's life is not to be a wife to Amanda or a father to Zoe. The purpose of Pastor Tim's life is to reconnect with his creator and to serve him all the days of his life. Can I get an amen, please? That is the purpose of life. And when Jesus Christ comes on a mission to get his kids back, he comes back to reestablish the purpose that we've been missing all uh, along. Christianity is not just a fun, happy thing that we do on Wednesday. Christianity is reestablishing the very purpose of your life that goes beyond any materialism, goes beyond any success story. Christianity is bringing you back to your very purpose. These knees were meant to bow down to their God. These lips were meant to worship and praise their Savior. These hands were meant to be up in full worship. This body, this mind, this soul was created for Yahweh Adonai. Can you, can I get an amen, please? And that's what Jesus the King does. He reestablishes it. He comes down and looks at every lie and says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Take these kids away from this deceiver. These kids belong to me, their true king, their father. And that is the kingdom. What does Jesus do? He dies on the cross. But death could not hold you. Oh, you guys, we're about to have a worship, right? Death could not hold him. In three days, he rises again from the dead. Because there's something very specific about God's kingdom. That kingdom needs a king forever. That kingdom needs a king who cannot be elected, reelected, or whatever nonsense is going on right now. We need a king forever who puts himself there, who is powerful enough, who's strong enough, who's not just a king of a place, but the king of everything. His name is Jesus. And so what does this do? Jesus dies on the cross for his kingdom so that his people can be reestablished under his rule and reign. Everyone say rule and reign. He rises again from the grave, and now through the blood of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. We get closer. Remember what I said? We have to get get closer to Jesus, reconcile with Jesus into his kingdom. He washes away our sin. Cool, but we might be dead. Oh, what happens now? Now we have the resurrection, resurrection power in our lives. So we're not dead anymore. We have the forgiveness of sin, and now we have been brought from death to 
life. God's kingdom is a kingdom full of alive people. And if you are alive today, can I get an amen and a hallelujah in God's house? And that's how God establishes his people. He washes away their sin. Wash it. I'm going to clean you, make you pure and white as snow. He rescues us from darkness and says, you are part of my rule and reign now. He makes us a part of his family. This kingdom now, because of what Jesus Christ has done, his rescue mission on Christmas Day and on Easter Sunday and Good Friday, this rescue mission created the people. And these people have their sins washed away. These people are now created, are now a new creation. They have been born again. Can I get an amen? He gives us his Holy Spirit. These people are being transformed constantly through God's sanctification and healing. These people are producing spiritual fruit. These people are given special gifts and talents to serve other people in the church. These people will go to the ends of the world and tell the lost people of God's amazing kingdom. These people will go to the corners of society and tell the dead that our king has been resurrected and has come to bring them to life. These people will go to the orphans and say to them that you have an eternal father who has come to bring you back your purpose and identity that was once stolen by Satan. Do you know who these people are called? These people are called the church. The church. Everyone say the church. These people are called the church. As God fulfills his mission in this world, he reestablishes his rule and reign over our lives. And these free people, these people who are born again and are now a new creation in Christ, these people are called the church. And they belong to the mission of Jesus Christ. They are part of a bigger purpose called the kingdom of God, his rule and reign. Can I get an amen, kingdom of God? This church is a part of God's love and restoration and reconciliation mission for all of humankind to the ends of this world. And we need to understand that as we gather here today, this is not just a place to just feel good. This is a place to belong. This is a place to serve. This is a place to reconnect and experience your king and master and savior. To submit to his rule and reign. Can I get an amen, church? A lot of times people say, what's the mission of your church? When in reality, the church actually, I might get a little pushback on this. But as far as my understanding goes, the church doesn't actually have a mission. The kingdom has a mission. The kingdom had a mission. Jesus initiated that when he came down into this world as a baby and to reestablish his rule and reign. That is Jesus' mission. And from that mission, we have this beautiful church. 
So this mission that we have to see the lost, to see everyone saved, to tell people of God's love, it comes from headquarters. It doesn't come from the board of elders. It doesn't come from the staff team. It doesn't come from one pastor 10 years ago. It came from Jesus. This church is not your idea. This church was not Pastor Mike's idea. This church was God's plan for restoration and reconciliation to the world. Can I get an amen, soldiers of the living God? We have a purpose here. And you who has been saved by Jesus, you are part of a kingdom now. Now, can I ask you something, kingdom folks? Does your life reflect the mission of the kingdom? I said this before. God's kingdom, what is it? The people will go to the ends of the world. The people will go to the corners of society and tell the dead that the resurrected king has come. The people will go and tell the loss of God's kingdom. The people will go to the spiritual orphans and say that their father has come to bring back their identity and purpose. Can I ask you something, kingdom folks? If we are reflecting Jesus Christ's mission, if we are truly the children of God, have we been acting and going under the command of God's kingdom mission. Do you know why? Because the church, my brothers and sisters, is how God makes the invisible kingdom visible. I'm going to say that again. The church is how God makes the invisible kingdom visible. And how? Right here through the way we love each other, through the way we serve one another, through the way we serve the community. Church is not just these four walls. How will the people will know outside that there's hope in here? Well, we got to go tell them. We have to go tell them the old song that we used to sing in Sunday. So uh, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and you know, you know that song. That's not just a cute little kid's song. That is a mandate from the kingdom of God. And I encourage you all here in this very place, my brothers and sisters. It is what, it is a part of our kingdom community. It is also in our text today. I mean, in our week six Bible study. God's people are called to preach the gospel to the ends of this world. God's people are called to multiply. As we look at marriage, right, and traditionally God created marriage so that man and woman, husband and wife can be together and from that love multiply and create another image bearer of God. Can I get an amen all Married people here in this room, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> and so in the same way, as God reestablishes our relationship with him, and we are in this love relationship with God, it produces fruit. I'm not talking about physical children. I'm talking about spiritual children. A Christian, from the relationship that we have with Jesus, it's not supposed to be a sterile, stagnant relationship. I guarantee you, Christian folks here in this place, God has put in front of you people who might be hopeless and in despair. 
And I, I encourage you all, open up your mouth and tell them the hope of the gospel. It is not for you to keep in your Bible app and then stuff it in your pocket. The gospel, God's kingdom coming, is not supposed to be a message that you only hear and talk about on Sundays. This is simply the place of equipping and encouragement. From Monday to Saturday, you're out of here. Why? Why? So that you can tell this message to anyone. I'm not saying be a bully. I'm not saying go to Grand Central Station and yell at people and say, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. That's not what I mean. But I know God has given you people in your family, neighbors that you can show love to. And it's all the way to invite the presence of God. My brothers and sisters, I pastor over a church full of immigrants who don't know how to speak English. And one of the things that they're scared of, oh, what if I speak to a person and I have my, you know, little, little English, I can't. I said, the Holy Spirit will empower you. Can I get an amen? The Holy Spirit will empower you. Can I just say something? Who is called to tell the gospel to other people? How do you know that you are called? And those who are called has a special mark on their face, okay? For those who are called to tell the gospel, there's a special mark on their face. If you have an opening between your nose and your chin, that means you have a special calling from God to tell the gospel to somebody this week. Can I get an amen for people who have, if you have a special opening between your nose and your chin, that means you are called. Is there anybody called out here? Can I get an amen, please, from the front to back? Yes. This is the mandate, the calling of a person who has been transformed by Christ. We want to see other people transformed. It starts with your family. It starts with your neighbors to the left and right of you. And then it goes into the end of the world, wherever God is calling you. That's Matthew 28 and the Great Commission. Can we do that, church? Are you a part of the kingdom? If you are part of the kingdom, then you are part of God's mission to see reconciliation and restoration throughout the world. And that happens when this right here opens up. Brothers and sisters, don't, don't, don't let little things bother you. Don't let any excuses get in the way. God is moving for you. When God is putting us on mission, my brothers and sisters, it's not you who puts on the show. My cousin Meg said, God, you are center stage. When you come to a person and you see that they're in despair and you see that they're in need of hope, say, Lord God, please speak through me. Give me the words to say, empower me. My brothers and sisters, when I was sitting right here just looking at my notes, I always have to pause right before I speak. I say, God, please don't let me rely on my training. Please don't let me rely on my studying. But Holy Spirit, you're the one that gives the transformation. You're the one that does the work. Please, God, you do the work in this people. And that's the prayer you should be praying to yourself before you speak to somebody about Jesus. Maybe you know just a little bit when that's all you need because God will do the rest of the work. Can I get an amen? This is the function of the church. The function of the church is not just to gather on Sundays and sing. The function of the church is to be equipped to go out and bring people in here. That is the true function of those who are part of the kingdom of God.
perhaps some of you are saying, oh, man, I feel like my, my spiritual life is not on fire and this like that and this like that. I'm telling you this. One of the reasons why our spiritual lives are not on fire is because we are not aligned with what God is doing. So much of our prayer life has been this. God, I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. Why haven't you been doing that, God? When in reality, so much of prayer should be you on your knees and saying, not what I want from God, what I want from God, but God, what do you want from me? When's the last time we prayed a prayer and asked this to God? God, what are you doing? I want to be a part of it. God, how are you moving? I want to be a part of it. As we mature in our Christian faith, that is the true prayer of a mature Christian. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy what will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before he prays any prayers of supplication, before he has any requests, the first thing that Jesus teaches us on how to pray is to ask God, what are you doing? I want to be a part of it. Can I ask you something? Do you want to be part of God's agenda or you want to be just a part of your own agenda? God's agenda is eternal. It's beautiful. It's sweet. It might, it might have roller coasters on this side of eternity. But let me tell you something. I'd rather go on a ride with daddy than go by myself. I'd rather be in a car with the one who knows all than try to drive the wheel by myself. And that is the true character of the people in the kingdom of God. One who does the, the will of the king. So my brothers and sisters, the next point that I want to make is that our church, Journey Church, my church, Cornerstone Church in Helmers, and all the churches all around, we ought to be a church that gets equipped and encouraged, then goes out and tells the gospel to the ends of this world. The second thing that God has called his kingdom people to do, pray. Can I get an amen, please? God's children are called to pray. Pray for others. Pray for community. Pray for yourself and pray for your family. Pray for your church and pray for the leaders, etc. We can pray and keep going on and on and on and on. But what is the main reason why the church is called to pray? When Jesus establishes his rule and reign in his people as he washes away their sin and brings them from death to life. What he is also creating is not just a redeemed people, but a kingdom, a nation full of priests. What does priest actually mean? Does that mean we got to wear a funny robe every time we go to church and, and swing around incense over our head? No, that's not what he means. But there's a very basic meaning to the word priest. There's another word for priest. Did anybody here speak Italian? How do you say bridge? Like ponti, right? Bridge. And if you see a, a, a priest, one of their old names is a pontiff, right? And that's basically what a priest is called to do. Not to lord over people or bully people in spirituality, but essentially a priest is a bridge, an usher to a destination point. My brothers and sisters, as we are praying for people, for those who are redeemed by God, saved by God, and, and just have been transformed by God, we are the connection between us and an experience with the Holy Spirit. 
A person who is dead in their sin doesn't know about Jesus, doesn't know the message. But Jesus Christ has called us that when we are saved, we become a nation of priests. Basically, we become a nation of ushers. Just like that. We're nothing good about ourselves. No, 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 no. It's not we have these magical powers like Harry Potter. That's not what I'm saying. We're simply an usher. We see people on the street. We see people at home. We see aunties and uncles who've been living in depression and anxiety and hopelessness. And we are simply there by God as an ambassador, as a bridge saying, I got the news. I'm here to tell you this news. I'm not trying to point you to myself. I'm just the bridge trying to get you to that destination. And my brothers and sisters, that's what prayer is all about. Prayer is us connecting with God. It's not just some religious thing. Oh, say, uh, say uh, the Lord's Prayer five times and you'll be good. No, that's not what prayer has to do. No, that's not. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Perhaps you had that in your brain. Oh, I got to pray five times a day and maybe God will think about me. Can I just tell you something? The Bible says while you are still sinners, Christ died for you. And that means you can enter into the presence of God at any time. And because you can enter the presence of God at any time, bridge, you can pray at any time. My brothers and sisters, as we are praying, as the church prays, we are connecting with an almighty God. Because we have been reconciled, we have reestablished not our religion with God, but our relationship with God. I remember my old Sunday school teacher said this, Timothy, do you know what the difference between Christianity and religion is? I said, I don't know. He said, Christianity isn't a religion. He wasn't really trained, but he was like, Christianity isn't a religion. I said, what, what is Christianity? Religion is man trying to find their way to God. But Christianity is a relationship because it's God finding his way to us. And when we pray, my brothers and sisters, you're not trying to wring God's ear and say, do you see me, God? Do you see me? No, no, no. God already sees you. Praying is simply dwelling in the arms of a loving father and aligning yourself to his mission. And if there's any petitions, if there's any requests, Jesus says, put it at my feet. I'll take care of you, kid. So my brothers and sisters, we are called to pray. Because we are called to be ushers in the world of darkness to the light. We are called to pray, not just to see miracles in this world, but we are called to pray, to align ourselves to what God is doing in his world, in his mission. Like I said before, I encourage you all in your prayer life, don't just keep asking God for things. I'm not saying don't. I mean, continue to do it. But make sure you balance that prayer with saying, God, what are you doing today? How are you moving today? I want to be a part of what you are doing. Because that, my brothers and sisters, is how we live under the rule and reign of God. And when we live under the rule and reign of God, then we are truly part of his kingdom. Can I get an amen? We'll continue this talk next week. And I just once again want to thank, thank uh, Pastor Bobby for allowing me. I will be preaching next week, right, Ro? Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I'll be preaching next week, and we'll be continuing in this kingdom series, this mission series, being a part of God's mission, being
being a part of God's rule and reign and what that looks like. A family has a culture, right? When you go into, uh, I'm a Wijaya, right? I'm a Wijaya. That's my last name. And we have certain culture in our family, right? Legally, yes, I'm a Wijaya. My wife is a Wijaya, and she had to learn a couple of things about our family's culture. And next week, we're going to deep dive into what the kingdom culture looks like. As we look at the Father, as we look at the Son, and we look at the Holy Spirit, and how they interact with each other, and how they interact with us, we as a church copy that, and that becomes how we treat each other, how we love each other, how we serve each other as a family. And that is kingdom culture. We'll study more of that next week. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day you gave us. Thank you for loving us. And Father God, we pray, Lord, that as we look at the kingdom, as we, as we meditate on your rule and reign over us, as we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your family, Lord God, help us to learn, Lord God, to, to go out into this dark world and share your light and your hope and we pray, Lord God, that we, we share it enough that people will be a part of this journey, church, and eventually be discipled and baptized in your name. Lord God, help us to be a praying church, Lord God. A church that, that constantly leans on you for all of its provision. A church that leans onto your heart and asks you the daily question, God, how are you moving? I want to move with you. So, Lord God, help us to surrender to you and help us to know that you are our king forever. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and all that you will do. In Jesus' name, we pray all of God's kingdom say amen.